Hey guys, this is Connor Lynch, producer of the Yellowbird Connect podcast. This week, Kyle is sitting down with Douglas Skipworth. He's the founder of Crestcore Realty and the 6AM Crestcore Collective. Doug has a ton of experience in many different aspects of real estate, and this week they're talking about property management, building your portfolio in today's competitive market, and the transformative power of business partnerships. Let's get into it. The main reason we started Connect is to give everyone the opportunity to do what I did. We wanted to be able to offer the real estate community, especially locally, something new, something that was fresh. And if we can help a couple people change their lives through this education. Just one person or two people come up to me saying, man, that was awesome. Like what you put on was great. And it'd be a huge win for everyone. If you've gotten any value at all from this Yellowbird podcast, make sure to like, subscribe, and rate us on iTunes. All right, guys. Well, today, uh, this is Kyle Pasquick with the Yellowbird Homebuyers um, on the Connect podcast. Today, I've got a special guest. This is actually my first time doing a uh, non-live podcast. Normally, they're in our studio, but I've got uh, Douglas Skipworth up in Memphis, Tennessee, um, runs a core, cre- core crest, or crest, no, crest core. core, but yeah, then I also, core. I got my notes here, the 6 a.m., Core club yeah, right, that, right, I yeah. Nothing, that I know nothing about that I saw okay. on your LinkedIn. So awesome. I'm really curious about kind of learning more about that. Yeah, um, be happy. I, I will say, Doug, um, from from what I've heard, it's funny in the last. So, so I met you back in February, probably really briefly. I, we didn't have a lot of really long conversations, but um, I've heard your name come up like three or four times. We had Mark Boland in our office last week. Yes. Um, so like that. that was so like he was a big proponent of you and what you've done and how oh, you've used it for cool. your business. And so. So it's just your name. And then like there's one or two other instances over the last three or four months that your names came up. I've oh, listened nice. to the podcast. So it's been it's been kind of cool and fun. And uh, and I'm excited that you kind of allowed us to uh, or you took your time to come on this with us. Man, I'm, I appreciate the invite. Glad to be Absolutely. here. Absolutely. So if you if you don't mind, why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, where you started from, um, maybe a little bit of your background and then, you know, what your company does. And then I'm really curious about this 6 a.m. core collective and, and kind of where that came from. Yeah, so I'll, maybe I'll tee it up with some early stuff that will lead to the 6M Core Collective, and but the bulk will kind of be in the middle. I, I mean, I grew up in a business-minded family. My dad was an entrepreneurial, uh, very entrepreneurial entrepreneur, had partners and businesses in several states. And my mom's dad was a full-blooded German, more disciplined stock and bond investor. Um, so I always saw him reading the Wall Street Journal, looking up tickers, so kind of a as I was growing up, I, 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 looking back, I see that now, which will come come into play later. But I was really into sports and church. That was kind of my thing all the way through college. And it wasn't until I needed to, quote, grow up, get a real job, fell in love, get married, figure out um, how to provide for my, my soon-to-be wife and me that I got into banking, finance, accounting. And that kind of was a CPA, CFA background learned a lot that has helped kind of propel me forward, but I always wanted to be on the other side of the For transaction sure. than on the banker side or the, the accounting or advisory side. So I moved into, I moved, I moved back to Memphis. I was, I lived in Nashville and New York city, moved to Memphis to work with the real estate technology company. I had partner and I started that. So I was more on the business side, the finance side, as opposed to coding and, um, kind of database. But uh, as I was learning that, I, I moved into a neighborhood with a guy named Dan Butler. We didn't know each other, but we got introduced to one another because we both liked to jog. 
Dan, this is probably 2002. Dan had recently purchased a 19 unit apartment complex in 2001. And I was running this real estate technology company, learning a lot about residential real estate data, working with realtors and appraisers. So I kind of said, hey, tell me more about real estate investing. And he did. And I really liked what I heard. Technology, as you know, is, is a fast, it's a sprint, horse race. Real estate investing is a, is more of a distance uh, run. And that's I'm more of a distance runner. So it really fit well with what I was interested in. So Dan mentored me in some ways, kind of showed me some things. And I started buying some rental property. Dan was continuing to buy rental property. He and I were jogging every other morning, still do, uh, went, uh, went this morning. And he, as he was kind of telling me and we were doing things together, we said, why don't we do a tax sale together? That's something we had never done on our own. And so we said, let's share some risk and learn together. And we did that. Then we did another one. Then we got an opportunity to manage some houses for somebody because we were self-managing our own. And a realtor friend asked us to help, which led to us forming Crestcore Realty. So we started Crestcore Realty about 2012 uh, to to do third-party management. We both had W-2 jobs at the time, but we were self-managing ours and then started, got our real estate license and started managing for others. When we, well, let me rephrase that. We started self-managing for others in 2009. That's when we got our license. So we couldn't start Crestcore Realty until I got my principal broker license in 2012, just in Tennessee Real Estate Commission laws. For sure. so we've really been third-party managing for 10 years. So it's grown over that time to about 2,500 houses or units we manage, mostly single family, but, but some small apartment complexes. So 20-unit, 40-unit, 12-unit, 16-unit type of buildings in the greater Memphis, Mid-South, West Tennessee. So we recently purchased a property management company in Jackson, Tennessee. So now we've got probably 750 clients for that 2,500 units. And along the way, we've helped those investors buy property, manage that property. And then we, we've started a maintenance company and a construction company just to do the daily servicing of the HVAC, the plumbing, the electrical, as well as the turns on the rehabs and the renovations. So that's kind of the breadth of what we do and that time frame of doing it all because Dan and I have, like yourself, have purchased real estate and just added on services that we need for ourselves, but and for sure. also can, but also can kind of share with the marketplace. At what point did you um, was there that pivot from we're only managing our own like not what not what year what uh what house number unit numbers how many did you guys personally own together when you were able to hey it's time to actually you know make this a business versus just managing your own properties because we kind of went through a very similar cycle. Yeah, but probably I'm guessing two hundred. Okay. Uh, I I have to I'd have to look back and and see, but probably in that 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 100, 100 150 200 range, up, for sure. Somewhere around there. Yeah. So it was a fair, something... fair fair amount that we yeah. were self managing on the side. Gotcha. Uh, gotcha. Yeah, we we actually went a route where we grew a property management company. We actually were on the back of American Homes for Rent. Um, okay. We did all their property management, and we went from about 100 houses that we owned at a time to I think we had 1,800 houses in about maybe 1200 of those were American homes for rent before they brought it in house. Um, so we okay. grew from tiny to this big property management company. And then, but as we were growing, we realized it was crushing our own. 
um, because we never did like that. Something I think you guys did a lot different than us is you've really put the time and systems into managing property. And that's one thing yeah. I always, I, when I hear, it's, it's funny because you hear Memphis, you know, in Jackson, we hear it a lot. And, and you guys obviously do too, is just one of the, one of the markets where it's actually like institutionalized. Like there's actually real property management companies versus a lot yeah. of these markets, even like Jacksonville, there's not companies that really have it completely figured out here. Um, and I think over time it will, but just today yeah. it's not like Memphis where you've got real competition up there of, you know, a lot of good property management companies with really good systems and, and smart people. Yeah. Um, here we've got a lot of, you know, investors that kind of do it for their own properties, but there's a big difference in disconnect and just managing your own versus also managing, you know, third party. So it's a completely yeah. different business. I mean, that, that's exactly right. And that is one of the reasons why Dan and I, they're, they're probably, as you look back, you can, you can kind of change the narrative, For sure. but, but a couple of things that really were, were true in us starting our third party management was number one, we, we were, we had again, a hundred, 200 properties of our own that we both had W2 jobs yep. and we're self-managing on the side. So we thought third party would be a great way to generate some fees so that we could hire someone to help us take care of ourselves yep. to, of, our, of our own properties. Sure. And then, and so that, so that was legitimately true. And then the second factor was kind of what you alluded to. And that is if we're, if we're managing for other people, then we're going to have to raise the bar as far as our practices. So we're going to have to really standardize things. We're going to have to get procedures. We're going to have to follow processes and we're going to just have to professionalize the way we manage for ourselves. Small examples are taking cash, doing background checks, going out and picking up rent instead of having rent come to the office. And so all, all kinds of things we did along the way because we were third party managing that, we would have just been a little lazier or, or a little more lenient on ourselves and uh, and with our with our you know the residents so and the sure. property so that, that those are two two legit things that have helped and people in Memphis to your point have done the other property management companies have done that and continue ratchet up the service level so yep. we have to con continue to improve you know improve innovate keep up with innovate that. yeah so yep. so our, I mean our two things one we still like to be our own largest customer. Yep. To ensure that to ensure that we're two things to, to ensure that we're providing great service and that we're operating with excellence. Sure. You know, so those those are two reasons where we like to be our big customer so that we can can make sure that that's still happening because the, because the customers want that and if they don't get that they're gonna go find it somewhere. Hundred percent, without a doubt, yeah. and it's, it's a very hands-on business. It's a very uh, customer-focused business, and when you figure that out and you can put them first and you know make sure you respect every client you work with, not only the you know the the investor, but also the person that's living in the home, you know, yeah. it's that, oh, that trade off yeah. of both sides. And there's a lot of companies that, you know, focus on one thing and they try to just, you know, work for their investor and they forget about the person that's living in the house. And, and when you can marry those two together, you know, a lot of good things can happen. Amen. But, um, what's this, so what's this 6am core? Like what's the, cause yeah. I, cause I, cause I, I'm, I'm assuming it's, there's just multiple things. And, and one of my questions is, you know, we've gone through the same thing as you branch out. So I'll kind of get, I have some more questions about that, but what is the 6 a.m. core? Where did that come from? Um, I like the name. I like the oh, name. Thank you. And it, it, oh, thank awesome. It sounds cool. So. Oh, appreciate that. That uh, Yeah. So we're working on kind of some collateral, like our website and things to kind of get it a, mm -hmm. a little better, a better branding before we kind of roll it out. But it, but we're kind of letting it out and, and the kind of bits and pieces. Um, so the, the, the vision, maybe it's good or, or bad. I mean, like we don't, we, we've had this, fuzzy vision all along 
but it gets kind of clear. It's almost like you're running a marathon and you can only see till mile marker one. And then from mile marker one, you can only see to mile marker two, but you know, you're running a marathon. You vaguely know you got to run 26 miles. And so that's kind of the way we've been a little bit with this. I mean, I was very influenced by the reading a lot of Warren Buffett. Dan worked for, um, I'm a huge, Warren, I'm a huge yeah. Warren Buffett fan. Huge. Yeah. You know, any, any long-term investor, you know, for sure. should be your value investor and in kind of what we do. So, um, so that was influential. Dan worked for Georgia Pacific, um, which is headquartered there close in Atlanta. And they are owned by Coke Industries, which, which is the Coke brothers. And they have a philosophy or, or, or structure where they are, have multiple companies rolling up into Coke Industries. Um, and so we liked that model and have always thought if we could get fantastic business operators and managers that we could work with, that we could kind of help set the goals and make the connections and, and, and drive the business. Kind of those are more of our unique abilities as opposed to pounding out in the day-to-day -day operations. So we thought real estate would be kind of a springboard to an opportunity. Dan, my partner, had a, a strong manufacturing and engineering background and thought we might kind of go that route over time with the rental houses as a foundation. Um, we, you know, I mean, good Lord's blessing and timing was just that in 2007, 2008, 2009, just opportunity after opportunity kept presenting itself in the real estate market all the way through probably 2012 and, and beyond as far as buying houses, managing for others, helping other people buy. And so now, as, as you know, as the, as the market, the single family market has kind of institutionalized, you mentioned American Home for Rent. You know, we're starting to do now with our maintenance company, starting to do work for the American Home for Rent, sure. Progress, um, some of the other folks that are the first key that are in Memphis. So we, instead of pivoting into manufacturing or distribution or something, we, we kind of went deep in real estate and, and said, okay, let's start a property management company. Let's then let's start a real estate brokerage. Let's start a maintenance company. Let's start a construction company. And so all of our businesses have revolved around r rental property or real estate investing. And, and we look at it as deals, financing, and management. So those three components. So on the deal side, we've got the brokerage. We work with a, a wholesaler to help wholesale property. Um, and recently working on a flip company to, mm -hmm. to put things on, on roof stock and to work with affiliates to sell kind of a turnkey product. Yep. Then it, in the financing side, we've got a hard money lending business. It's a okay. Tennessee industrial loan and thrift. Um, and then on the management, so deals, financing, and the management, we've got the, obviously a property management company, but we've got a maintenance and construction company that work closely with the, the, the management company, obviously, but do work for other, other properties, um, companies. And then have recently over time um, have started a, company called core assist which is doing it's kind of a virtual assistant alternative so it's replace it's a staffing solutions for what we call remote team members so so across these back you know you've got the crestcore brokerage we've got the property management company we've got city light does maintenance core build does the building um core assist does the virtual assistants yeah. and the remote team members core lending is the hard money lender so two kind of two things to that is putting that structure in place. We number one in the first first order of business to that is the people, the people who run that business. And it's exactly where Mark Boland came in. 
for sure. Culture, culture index allowed us to help, helped us define that role and find the right people to run Definitely. those businesses. Because with Dan and I just don't have the time, nor um, maybe skills to run those businesses yeah. as well as, as some of the other folks. So we've got business unit leaders, team leaders who are who are profit and loss responsibility for that business unit. Yeah. Whether it's maintenance, whether it's construction, whether it's remote team members, brokerage, property management, lending, our personal rental portfolio. We've got a portfolio manager who, who runs that business. Um, and so Dan and I are trying to provide. We still have some day-to-day duties. I've, I've got finance still rolls up to me and we do a lot with, I do a lot on the marketing and strategy side. Dean, Dan does a lot with business development and strategy, does gotcha. a lot on the operations with maintenance and construction. So 6AM Core Collective is bringing it all together. All together. Yes. And the, the 6AM Core Collective is providing strategic and support services to those businesses. For sure. So we're over here. We've got a COO who all those business unit leaders report okay. to. We've got the, the rest of the team, the accounting team, the IT team, the HR team working to provide services to those operating entities. Definitely. So we're, That's like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was saying, I mean, it's just one of those like, it sounds really easy because as you have property management, all these other things do come up. Like when you control yeah. or one piece, you're a broker, you you know, hey, we should have our financing. We should have a title company. We should have all these things. And, and I can tell you firsthand, we've done all that. And it takes somebody special to recognize it. And it takes a different mindset to be able to recognize it and how to grow it because it was it was really easy for us to come up with the ideas and even implement yeah. and start them. But it was really easy for us to also not really worry about hey, is our title company the best? Is our, are they doing the best things? You know, because our focus was always kind of, you know, finding houses, finding acquisitions, doing yep. that one thing. So we, we've we've definitely had that struggle and I commend you for uh, kind of putting that together. And I know that, I know how hard it is to to do that, but also do it right and make sure you, and it, and it does, just like you said, it comes down to the people. You have to have the right people in the right spot with the right agenda. And you gotta, you gotta figure out how to motivate and, and work those people to what they want to fit in the agenda, but you're, but at this flip side of it is property management does provide so much opportunity. Like all those things are just, it makes sense to have your own maintenance company. It makes sense to lend hard money and it makes sense to do a brokerage. All those things make too much sense, but it's a rare to find somebody that can actually implement um, without losing control of everything. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, you, you said it, people culture index, which is an awesome tool, you know, whether you're using disc profile, Colby, Myers Briggs, whatever culture mm-hmm. index, which is what we happen to use. And it's like, do use something, you know, sure. and find the right, right people to run those businesses. And then we also use Traction EOS, Entrepreneurial Operating System, which is just a way for each business unit to operationalize the business itself um, with how they go about setting the strat- the vision and the strategy and the execution on a, on a, from a big picture, five-year vision all the way down to the, you know, the monthly, weekly, daily activities. So, it, it it has been a lot of work. It's Absolutely. not. It's it, never you know, it's easy. Not, it's never easy. It's it's not where we want it to be. But but we we've always heard and kind of live by we're um, twice as good as we were last year, but only half as good as we'll be this time next year. Exactly. So, so exactly. we're just kind of kind of constantly constantly moving forward. And with your management company, is this something you're looking to? Are you looking to bring it outside Tennessee? Is it is it something you're trying to build this system up kind of internally, make your mistakes, and then and grow it outside of the marketplace? Or are you trying to, like, is it that slow, you know, just reaching 10 miles further every year? Or is it or is it I want to be in you know different states and different markets? 
so the way Memphis is situated kind of in Tennessee, you know, it's kind of long like that and we're way down here in the southwest corner. So we're already licensed in Arkansas and Miss North in Miss City. So we always okay. already do work in that tri-state area. However, the majority is kind of in, in the Memphis and Southwest Tennessee. So we have, yes, we would like eventually to be more regional. However, we're going to, we're kind of taking more of that Walmart model of let's kind of stick around our town, let us, or our area. So we, we recently purchased a property management company in Jackson, Tennessee, which is about 70 miles from here that we can streamline and put everything in the Memphis air office and work that work that way. Um, work the kinks out, kind of like you're saying, sure. and then kind of maybe a little bit concentric circles outside of there before we jump into Jacksonville or jump into Dallas, sure. Texas, or jump, jump into another other market. We would rather stick around here and utilize the synergies we have with the property management company, the brokerage, the, yeah. you know, it's hard money lending, with, with, whether it's the licenses or the personnel or just the proximity uh, to Definitely. doing that, to, just to... For us, plus we see that as you mentioned how competitive it is, can be and is in, in Memphis and other markets. So it's like, hey, we like to zig when people are zagging. So there's some opportunity in some other markets close to us where we can kind of get out of the, the mainstream and into some of the more ripe areas for us. So Definitely. Um, what about yeah. here? So one question I have is, you know, property management's obviously a lot of moving spots or something like what's what's something you're working on your business today? Like what's what's one piece of your business that you wish you could have figured out right now that, or what's that one big drive? Cause we always, within our property management, it's always, Hey, let's figure out maintenance. Everything else is under, we're, we're really good on vacancy right now. Guys, let's dial in on this maintenance. Yeah. You know, is there, is there a part of your business that you think you guys are reaching right now or, or hitting or going after this one specific task? Yeah. Great. <laughs> it's probably all things at all times, sure. which, which is a good and bad answer, but specifically one thing we're really trying to dial it in as hard as we can is a kind of a, a portfolio manager. We have what now is either a property manager, or a man, property manager, or a client services representative. So he works with the individual owners. Mm -hmm. But we want to really amp that up, kind of put it on steroids and make it more of a portfolio manager, because we hear sometimes within our shop, but also across the industry of this of people having to manage the manager. Yeah. And we, we want to get away from that. We want to provide such great service that it really is a passive investment for the client. And so we want our portfolio manager internally to manage the property. So very proactive, very, yeah. very pro owner, very knowing, um, having that type of relationship with the owner that they are, they are really, really an agent and really an advocate and really know how to make those decisions to best manage the portfolio where they're really the expert, where we and our portfolio managers are really the expert in managing this, whether it's one house, whether it's somebody has got a portfolio of 10 or 20 houses in the same market or across kind of these multiple cities we're managing for. So that, that to us is where, where we're going to be able to differentiate ourselves sure. the most from all the other property managers out, managers out there. But it's also what I want for myself. Yeah, definitely. Like I, I need someone to manage my portfolio the way I would manage it myself if I had 80 hours a day. Definitely. You and know? you know what's so, crazy is 10 years ago, that didn't exist at all. Even five years ago, like that in this industry, there was there was none of that. It was, you know, there was nobody thought they thought that process. No. So it's, it's, it's beautiful that now... It, 
people complain, you know, especially locally, there's people that are constantly complaining about the institutional, the, the American homes for rent, open doors. Now the big one, the big bashing yep. of, of Jacksonville, they just entered our space and, and, oh, and all these guys and people complain about it. But the actual reality is like the customer, the, the homeowner, open door is a huge advantage to homeowners. You know, right. uh, American homes for rent, or if you're a tenant, it's a really huge advantage. I mean, you used to have to, you're not, you didn't know what you were going to get with mom and pop you know, rentals. True. And now, now you can walk into a rental and, or a good management company and you can actually be treated, you know, with some type of, um, you know, format and some type of, you know, what you're going to get and an expectation yeah. on repairs. Like the days of the days of being able to wait a week when your AC goes out and thinking yeah. it's okay. You know, those days are gone. Like you have to, you have to do it that day. And all the management companies that were trying to stick to that old school model of, you know, we'll get to it when we can get to it just won't survive in this market because it's getting too good. Um, which this institutionalization has, has been a uh, massive change for the whole industry, which is overall better for everybody. It's better for the investor. It's better for the tenant. It's better for everybody. Yeah, um, I, I agree. It, I mean, it's it's that whole competition and playing up to your competition. It makes, you know, on the one hand, you'd think, oh, a monopoly would be great, but it really makes everybody better to have that competition. Sure, sure. And tell me about, so tell me about your business partner, because I always love, I love hearing partnership stories. So oh, tell, me about, tell me about, you know, I, I, you told me about where it started and, and I know partnerships are tough and I'm sure you got a million, million stories yourself. Um, I had breakfast with somebody this morning and it was, the whole thing was about their, they were, they were questioning their partnership. So anybody that has business partners, I always love to hear perspective and get some advice on that. Um, just, yeah. on, you know, partnerships and, and, and picking one and, and going through the motion and, and what's that like? Yeah. So for me, just part of the way I'm wired up is to partner with others. I love people. I love progress, productivity. And, and so to partner with someone um, is just kind of part of who I am. But Dan specifically, I, I mean, I, I'll say it, go on record and, and, and have in the past and we'll continue to do it. Best, best business decision I've ever made was to partner with Dan. Um, great guy. We're both same, same age, have a lot of common interests, but our maybe the thing that kind of knitted us together the most is kind of our core values, our, our mission mindedness and kind of where we're trying to go and how we want to go about doing that um, and building the business by serving, um, whether serving each other or whether it's serving our employees or clients or, or residents or whomever. Um, so having that like mindedness, I feel like for us has been very important. And we negotiated, you know, not in, in the sense of, um, contractually negotiating, but just kind of learning each other through our jogging. So we had a friendship and man, we would push one another. We got to know each other through conversation and through, Hey, if it's, if it's a little colder today or it's a little hot today or it's raining or, or what have you, I'm tired. I stayed up late. I got a big day. We just kind of continue to meet and push and get to know one another, um, balance each other's when, maybe we didn't some somewhat the strengths and weaknesses there's some yeah. compliments there Big but time. also but also just more of hey i'm up today and he's down or he's down or he i'm i'm down today and he's picking me up or hey he's he's divide we're kind of divide and conquer and he's going this way i'm going this way kind of like y'all separated yeah. you know some duties so those type of things have helped and we we kind of started it gradually. We believe in kind of a, a again, going back to that Coke Industries, Dan learned a concept called, you know, small experiments. So basically, you know, don't go all in. You know, yep. I, I one time heard Damon John say it uh, when he was talking about entrepreneurship and, and somebody starting out. He was like, man, go to the dollar table 
and take a thousand dollars and go to the dollar table and play a thousand times. Don't go to the thousand dollar table yeah. and play once. Play one hand. And play one hand. So Dan and I try to do that a lot. Yep. Just hey, what's a little small bet? Hey, let's buy one tax sale house, twelve thousand dollar investment, both in together, six grand. What's the worst that could happen? As opposed to saying, hey, let's buy a two million dollar company together sure. and. You know, well, people sign. do it all the time. I mean, especially people, in this, people in this game, people do it. And in, in, the, in the my breakfast this morning was that just that is is two guys with completely different mindsets on business and life and everything else going all in with everything they've got. Um, and and now they're stuck in the middle of this, you know, battle where one wants to go one direction, one wants to go the other. And and I told them, you know, you didn't you didn't date before you got married, you yeah, know. And that's and that's yeah, a lot of it is you gotta you gotta. You know, you really, when you become a business partner, you marry the person and they're going to have bad days and you just like your wife has a bad day and you got to be able to get through that bad day and put yourself in their shoes and have that understanding. And, uh, and it's, it's a, it's an odd thing, but as you learn it, it's a beautiful thing. You know, and I think it's a lot like marriage. It's, it's, it, it can be a beautiful thing. Yeah, that was great. Great advice you, you gave them. Cause that is, I mean, that's, that's, it's marriage. I like, I, I like to say it. I mean, he's my, he's my, my business wife, you know, when we're together a lot and, and working hard and have our futures tied to one another. So it's somebody you got to want to be excited to be with. Um, For sure. It takes a lot of work, you know, it does communication being the key, like, like in, like in a, a, a personal marriage. I mean, communication is the key, letting people know, you know, trying to understand the other person, trying to let yourself be understood. Um, just constant communication yeah, and working through issues and challenges and don't let things fester and kind of be out in the open and how can we, and keeping the big picture in mind or the vision in mind and not getting um, so consumed and caught up in, in, in the, the things that, you know, in the rearview mirror don't matter anyway. So sure. we try and keep a good perspective on that. Sure, Dan's sure. probably better. Dan probably coaches me through things. Yeah, better, I get it. I more get than it. I you coach need, him through that. that. I mean, that's, but that's good. That's my, you know, and, and I'm 35 now. When I, when I was 25, I thought nothing had happened to me and that I knew everything and I was always right. And I look back on it now and even Pat, my business partners, I think he just turned 30 or 31. And, you know, just that four years of age and experience and life experience, it just humbles you so much more. And you just can step back and like, I can't imagine, you know, and then I look at Steve, who's, you know, in his early fifties and yeah, it's that combination of everybody working together, but be, living these life experiences that let us get through the hard times, but also, you know, conquer the, conquer the good times. Like you said, in 2012, you couldn't mess up, you know, right. you, oh, was, right. yeah. the, the mistake was doing nothing. You know? Yeah, so, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we did that, that. We wish we had done more. Always. Know, that's, that's, hindsight. That's, that's this hindsight, business hindsight yeah. sucks in this business. Cause I, can look uh, I, I don't, I don't remember my good ones, but man, I remember my, I remember my, everything business. that we missed everything. And man, we, I wish we, we would have bought 10,000, you know, we, so. and we could have, you know, that's could, the thing yeah. is we look in Jacksonville as we, so when we started a rental portfolio, we, uh, we had a guy that gave us $4 million. And at the time it was, well, this was before Steve, it was me and uh, my partner, Andy. And we, uh, like the $4 million was crazy for us. I mean, we were 20, right. yeah. you know, 26, 27 years old, got a guy to give us $4 million, pretty much unsecured. You know, he had some ownership in it and we went out and bought a bunch of houses. And, and at the time we thought that was the right number. But man, if I had 20 million and would have found the right guy, because there he was out there. You know, the 20 million guy was there and needed right. us and would have been a ridiculous return. And, and instead of us owning, you know, 1,080 today, we'd own 5,000 in our marketplace and we'd be that much better with that much more scale with, you know, with that much better stuff. And, uh, but it's hindsight and you still got to appreciate what you got done and everything else. But, but this business is definitely, definitely a hindsight one. 
Yeah, well, cool. And, Let me the, know. And, we're, and we're getting ready for the next time. No, for sure. Exactly. Time, yeah, we are, we are locked and loaded and we know what yeah. to do when the, when the when the opportunity presents itself. Yeah. Let me do one one more question because I like okay. this one. Um, it's a little bit off the topic, but yeah. I like to know legacy. So, you know, you've, you've grown this business. You've got this, you got this, you know, 6 a.m., a lot of different companies coming together. I don't know if you have kids or not. Like, what's the legacy? What's your what's your plan? You know, you're going to continue to grow. My guess is you're going to continue to grow, continue to take advantage of opportunities continue to provide out, provide opportunities for people around you. But, but, you know, one thing I struggle with is end game, you know, what's the end game at what point is enough enough? Um, at what point is taking more time with your family, the right number, at what point is you, you build up this wealth over time? What do you do with it? You know, when you're, when you get older and, and those are things that I think about and I like to talk about with, you know, especially business owners and people that are in that same stage is, is that something that goes through your mind or is it, uh, you know, is it, is it not there yet? Cause I, I have this talk with people all the time Yeah, and I don't know, no. and I don't know the answer, but I'm looking for, right. it's one thing that I know that yeah. when I had to talk with Steve, I've had that talk too many times. So I like to talk yeah. that with other people. Yeah. Good. I, I love the question. And, and it's probably both. And, um, you know, as, as far as kind of where things are going. So I'm 45, Dan, are both 45. I mean, I've got, I, you know, I've kind of got, um, three kind of, filters or driving things. It's like, Hey, I want to be married to my wife for 75 years. I want to work in this business using my unique abilities till I'm a hundred. Yep. And then I'd like to, t I'd like these business to help these businesses through core, through 6am core collective. I'd like to take these businesses and help 10 X, help them 10 X themselves sure. and maybe 10 X them again. Um, so um, in some sense, I feel like I've got a, a long runway yeah. um, and a long time. I've got three kids. They're still young, 11th grade, 7th grade, 5th grade. Whether they have interest or not, I mean that's kind of to, to be determined. Um, but what what we're trying to do is, uh, even in that, is to pour into our business unit leaders and the team, and to build a bench of people so that this business can run without, you know, me per se or with Dan. Um, maybe utilizing our unique abilities or our skills or our special talents where we can really add the most value. But over time, would love to see it where you know anything I do is additive or just a, it's just a, is icing on the cake or bonus, but the businesses are running. But that still begs the question of okay, well then you know what then is what? that? Mean? Then what? Well, then there's what? always a then, then what? what? And then what? Then and then what? what? We then we what? say it all the we say it all the time. So so I mean yeah. So I mean I like to to think that you know the best thing I can do is continue to figure out who I am coming better and better self-aware so that I can serve wherever that is, whether it's in, in, in the business, helping them or, you know, with my family, I do love to spend a lot of time with my wife and kids. Yep. Um, very active. I love, I love my church and, and the things we yep. do in our community um, is real important to me um, and socially friends and, and, and things. Someone sure. would like to travel and do, do all the things that most, most people like to do. Um, so we're still headed there, still got a long way till we kind of reach where we want, where it is we're trying to go, but trying to enjoy those times along the way. Um, and, and maybe, maybe that is part of it, you know, even having this kind of, you know, talking it through a little bit, yeah. with you, right? maybe it's a little therapeutic for me in, in the sense of, Hey, you know, enjoying it along the way, working in, in, in trying to, we're, we're both conscious Dan and I of trying to find where it is we are energized and bring the most value um, and not something that slows people, slows our business down or slows our team down by, by, by working in that area. But that also frees us up to be energized, to be with our family, to be yep. involved in the community and do things. Um, so I think a little bit of 
of saying that of enjoying it along the way and sure. um, giving it along the way, you know, whether whatever giving means, whether it's financially, whether it's time, whether it's advice, you know, so definitely. Uh, yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's great advice. And it's, and it's something that, you know, we've, when I was, when I was back to when I was 25, it was about me, 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 me. And I wanted yeah. me to make the most money and me to have the most houses and me to do the most business. And today I, I do see a, a difference in enjoying seeing, you know, being able to assist other people to follow, you know, their dream and what they want to do. And I'd love to do that. I wish, you know, my personality is not completely the right one. I'm still, we talk about culture index. I'm extremely high ache, extremely, <laughs> it is about me in a lot of cases. Yeah, and, yeah. and I try to, and I try yeah. to verge away from that a little bit at the same time. Um, at the same time, yeah, and it does come. It comes down to having fun too, and enjoying what you do, and enjoying the people you work with, and that's something that yeah. we've really tried to. We've pivoted a lot over the last couple of years. Is mm-hmm. you know, there's certain people that we love being around, and we want to be around all the time, and then there's certain people in your organization that can drag you down. Yeah. And it's best to, you know, for us, we've learned it's best to uh, identify the ones that want to be there and right. want to help out and see the yeah. and see the long term vision. Yeah, and we we we're big on that too. Is I mean, we want everybody to shine. And I played point guard in high school, and that was my favorite thing was to just, you know, I could make a personal contribution, but there's nothing better than to connect it to somebody and let them shine. And so it's like, hey, if if somebody can shine, great. If they they need to shine in another organization or another opportunity, man, let's let you do that. But nobody wants to, to, to be in that situation where it's not good for anybody so no for sure completely agree with you on that man awesome awesome well i appreciate taking the time let's wrap it up we've been on about 40 minutes and uh i appreciate the time thanks for everything how can people get in touch with you yeah they they got any questions or memphis i mean obviously people i mean memphis is from what i know a a great turnkey market there's a lot of turnkey providers there's a lot of good property management great great economy everything else so if people want to you know reach out they're looking at buying rentals you know how do they get hold of you and uh Perfect. No. So, yeah, the, the best, you know, connect um, investors. I mean, we're on bigger pot. I'm on bigger pockets all the time. My social networks are bigger pockets and LinkedIn. Okay. So, you know, look me up on, on there or just shoot me an email, either Douglas at crestcore.com or Douglas.skipworth at 6amcc.com. So either of those um, or either the social networks, man, where they're living. Crestcore.com, 6amcc.com. There's a little bit. You can connect and learn more about us. So. Good deal. Do you guys go down yeah. to IMN? Do you guys go down IMN in Miami? Yeah. Good deal. Yeah, man. I'll, I'll, I'll probably see you down there. Yeah, we'll be down oh, there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. the one. That's the one conference we always attend. So we usually go oh, there good. and we'll go yeah, out west to the Arizona. We'll catch so. up. That'd be great. Good deal. Well, I appreciate you coming oh, out. Sure. Thanks so much for yeah. the time. Thanks, awesome. Though. See you then. Take care. See you. Bye.